This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Hey everyone, this is Zach Inevich, Assistant Business Manager of IBW Local 98 North, with your home run tip from your hometown team. For your next construction project in the suburbs, trust your electrical needs to the highly trained, masterfully skilled electricians of IBW Local 98 North. Knock your next electrical project out of the park. Call Local 98 North today at 610-489-3800 or visit us at IBW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. <laughs> First of all, I, I'm very, very honored to be on with you and uh, with my good friend John. Uh, he and I go back uh, a lot of years, uh, and he is uh, one of the best leaders that I've ever been associated with uh, and one of my best friends. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you for all of that. Audio cut from President Richard Trumka. Uh, two weeks ago when he was right here, John Doherty on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our first opportunity, sir, uh, to um, have you react uh, to the untimely, unfortunate passing of President Trumka four days after he appeared uh, with you here on the show. Well, it was very sad. It still uh, has me a little numb because of the fact that we did have him on this show. The fact that when you do these shows with someone of the magnitude of Rich Trumpka, you know, you prep for a week or two getting him on. You try to fit into his schedule. Uh, for me, having him on the show was a different way to approach the show. You know, I was just like everybody else that was listening. You know, I had put beta breath to sit here saying, oh, my God, this guy is good. And the fact is that, you know, some of the things he stated with that, you know, this Biden election was a culmination of of a lot of, you know, what Rich Trumpka had done over his 10 years and actually his lifetime because, you know, he had a relationship with Joe Biden. And I don't know, I, maybe six, seven of the people that are in significant positions in the Biden administration have worked for Rich Trumpka. I mean, he said he could get access and impact. It's a critical time in our world. So uh, just to have him, you know, unplugged for a total hour, Okay, a night or two before he was going on vacation with his son and grandson. You know, it's just numb, you know, and he sent me a text. It couldn't have been uh, five minutes after the show was over saying, man, did I have fun? You got to have me back. You know, get me on the podcast. You know, you guys do a great job. You know, uh, I'm glad to see, you know, people are, are, uh, in the summer, still talking about our issues and the fact that we have a labor radio show. I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, and I, you know, I told both you and Jay Doc and I, you know, I told Frank Keel and, you know, and a couple of our friends in the labor community that, you know, I mean, says not only how good he was and how sincere and just casual and unplugged and, you know, and happy that he had the opportunity to do that with us, you know, and how he was looking forward to come back. 
you know, and uh, now I didn't get a chance to say a couple of things that I'm, I'm going to comment on tonight, you know, but he's just a stand-up guy, and that hole will not be filled, you know, and uh, the person who will take over control is a IBEW member named Liz Shore, who, you know, you can't get much better, you know, colleging than, uh, you know, working as the number two person with Ed Hill for decades at the IBW and then working closely with Richie. And I have talked to her on multiple times, and she has just been fabulous. And um, I, I actually text exchange text with her today. You know, we have a good personal relationship. She's really good at what she does. Uh, she has a lot of support. Her support's so different. Very few people have the personal relationships that she has with Sean McGarvey, who won, runs the National Building Trades, and his team with Mike Monroe and Kirk and them guys. And she gets along with that whole team. And then she, I would think that she considers Randy Weigar and, and the AFT, you know, one of her dear, not only supporters, but personal friends. You know, I've seen them many times together, many times, you know, exchanging notes and, you know, having good conversation. So, you know, that is a really good thing. And I accredit, you know, her successes to the way that, you know, and the people that she, you know, surrounded uh, themselves with Liz. And, uh, again, she's uh, – and today was a very complicated day because today was just the continuation of saying goodbye to Rich Trumka. At a viewing for him at the AFL-CIO office in Washington, D.C. Uh, we've had a series of people down there today, and um, it was a it was a tough day for us because we also, you know, our good friend and lawyer Joe Cleary buried his daughter to a very untimely death, 42 years old today. So we kind of split the crew. We sent a group of people down to D.C. The uh, you heard Zach. On one of your commercials, Zach was down there along with Johnny Bonio and a series of guys from the building trades. You know, uh, myself and Michael Barnes and, you know, Nico Rodriguez and a few of us were over with, you know, Joe Cleary today. And so, you know, it was a sad day all around. But, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, we've all had Richie Trumpka in our world representing us, you know, we're better for it. We're better positioned for it. You know, I imagine, you know, somewhere in the near future, you'll probably replay the whole show again because it was too significant not to. It will be the last, you know, public commentary that the great Rich Trump had. It was in Philly with us on this labor show. It just goes again to, to Joe with perhaps he's had been pushing for years that the labor community is underrepresented in the mass media and social media markets of this world, especially in Philadelphia. And he has continued to fight to get us. And I said it to Joe. I'm going to say it again tonight. And for the purpose of this show, okay, and the goals that you had, we're nowhere near it finished yet. But to get Rich Trump unplugged, telling you about his personal, okay, relationships on Philadelphia radio, it's amazing, and that is that's why the show was highly, you know, anticipated, highly decorated, and the comments. I think I also told you guys last week. I usually get six, eight, ten texts or emails during the show. Then I get a series afterwards, and it's been blowing me away that the number of people that actually take a Saturday evening out to listen to us converse about what goes on in the labor community. Okay, I had fifty-two comments, inquiries text messages 
okay? And I, I think I told Jay Doc afterwards that, you know, every one of them was, wow, man, that was great. You know, I mean, good guys, smart guys, tough guys. I had guys sitting down at, you know, Keenan's in North Wildwood, you know, listening to it and, and then texting me back on their iPhone. You know, I had guys up in the city, you know, up at the Labor's Hall, around that around the Labor's Hall in North Philly. A young one of them guys, were, they, they listened to the radio show. They were saying, wow, we didn't realize who he was. Okay, and, you know, we laugh, and, and many times we, we kind of just joke it off, but the labor community has brought you the weekend, has brought you, you know, or aided in, okay, most of the social justice that we have. You know, the, if it wasn't for us, okay, you would never have, okay, fair judges. You would just have big money, big corporation judges. Okay, you know, we joke about it here all the time. We joke about how the judges that, you know, one hand or one hand, you know, are denying a settlement, a fair settlement that eventually turned into a great settlement. Okay, then can be involved in, you know, the federal inquiries of lead leaders. So if it wasn't for the labor community, if it wasn't for people like Rich Trumpka, who spent his whole life, okay, working by day and going to school by night, representing people. If you don't think 10 years ago that man could have been a multimillionaire, you're out of your mind. He could have been some highly decorated professor. He could have been doing all different, sat on all kind of boards for pay, not for fairness. Okay, he could have done all that. Instead, he stayed with us. And I always tell people, you know, he, he's the ultimate, ultimate example or role model for people that grow up in ethnic neighborhoods like we do, that really, you know, mom and dads have to work three or four jobs to send us to decent schools. Okay, you got a guy like him out there screaming, okay, that we got to pay fair wages, we got to stay in our own neighborhoods and continue to stay involved, okay, and then we got to get better educated. And I mean, you know, and I think his role, you know, uh, will be filled, you know, well by Liz. But will never be filled. You know, I mean, it's just a, he's, he's that prominent a player. You know, and he juggled. You know, everybody knew down the stretch. You know, he's running the AFL-CIO for the last three years of, of Mr. Sweeney's administration. You know, and everybody knew he was the hair parent, and everybody knew he was going to do what he had to do. And you know, I mean, he he probably was the loudest, earliest public critic of Donald Trump, and he tried to work with him. You know, but he understood that it just wasn't going to work. And here's a guy that loved his guns. He was an adult type of gun shows and, you know, outdoor stuff. You know, I mean, he was a, you know, he's a Western Pennsylvania guy. Big hunter, big fisher. In fact, you know, I mean, you know, his last hours were on a camping trip. His grandson. You know, his last professional hours were with us. Which, I, you know, always appreciate and always respect. John, I don't know if people know this either, the fact that on February 4, 2018, he was announced to be the first recipient of the World Peace Prize for Labor Leadership because he has dedicated his life to the cause of labor and labor rights, seeking equality and defending the rights of working men and women. And if that wasn't evident during that radio show, that one-hour radio show, and I'll say this, uh, you're right, John, you, you, you called me and Joe Krause. And 
I'll never forget the call. You asked me if I was sitting down, and I could hear in your voice something was wrong. And to say that the bottom fell out and that, that I, I just can't believe it. And, and you're right. Today, um, he was laid out, uh, you know, in, in Washington uh, uh, and, and, and it's such an emotional time for the entire labor movement, but also, uh, you know, the, at, at the White House and everybody, the lives that he touched. He, he was a mine worker. <laughs> you know, he worked in the mines and he, at the same time he became a lawyer. He went to college and he went to Villanova Law School. And his leadership is, you know, it will, you know, the impact of it will go on forever. And we just, um, you know, we can't thank him enough for being a part of the broadcast. It was a historic broadcast. Uh, and, and I was so proud to be a part of it. And obviously, and I had remembered that he had texted afterwards and wanted to, to do more shows. And it was such an honor uh, for all of us. So, I mean... It was a historic night, and then, and less than a week later, uh, to get that call, uh, just on behalf of everybody, obviously, thoughts and prayers to his family. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Liz Shore. Liz Shore was on this show when the Democratic Convention was here in, in, in uh, Philadelphia, uh, and Democratic National Convention, and uh, we had her for a, you know, at least one or two segments, and so we're, not only were we honored, uh, but you know we're we're, we're um, you know we're, we're going to be in good hands, no question about it. But thoughts and prayers on behalf of uh, President Richard Trumka. Uh, I'm going to do something in the radio business, J Doc, that you're not allowed to do, or that you're not supposed to do. We're going to take radio silence into the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW 1776, and Sheet Metal Workers Local 19. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, this is the John Doherty Hour with John Doherty and, of course, J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast you live on a Saturday night, hour number two uh, of the Labor Show, as always, the John Doherty Hour. John, let's jump into uh, a conversation. We're going to bring in, in just a moment, uh, Adam Garber, who's the executive director of Ceasefire PA. Uh, but before we introduce Adam and bring him into the conversation, uh, let me give you an opportunity uh, to set the table for the listening audience. Yeah, Ceasefire, my first introduction to them was, uh, uh, when, I guess, when they first started, and uh, there are two or three you know, good friends that have significant roles or were big supporters with them, one being Frank Keel, who's you know, here. And uh, you know, in today's world, I, I think four kids that shot last night, again, I mean, we have to find a way to take guns off the street, and we need people to stand up to the larger lobbies. And my, my game plan from day number one has always been to make sure that working-class people have the same tools as the rich people, because it's been so unfair for hundreds of years. You know, when you have a certain group of people have all the money, you know, like 1%, 8 people, 10 people have as much money as 90% of the rest of the world. That's ridiculous. You know, and that's the reason why we had the social unrest. And I'm shocked we had, didn't have labor unrest for years. 
like that, you know, just shut the whole place down until everybody got a fair wage. But it's the same world, you know, and nobody, you know, exemplifies the 1%, you know, at its peak, okay, more than some of the people who lobby for guns, you know, and it wasn't the, you know, you can say the NRA and you can say that, you know, people, have, you know, in our world are members, but people, I haven't bumped into anybody in our world that thinks it's okay to have an AK-47 under your bed. You know, nobody hunts with that. You know, so, you know, I just want to, you know, and this week, if you don't mind, I just want to just take a point of personal privilege here. I had a lunch in town with somewhere about 15 or 16 people uh, who are basically make up the chaplains of the Philadelphia building trades. And you've heard about Buddy Osborne many times on the show. You know, what he does with Rock Ministries is just fabulous. Okay, and we had Rock, we had Buddy and the whole crew in Center City to get a cheesesteak this week. And in it, we were talking about all the little chaplain places that they're popping up. They, and everybody understands they specialize on video. And again, I, you know, I say it, and I, I don't say it, you know, tongue-in-cheek. I actually say it you know, with some conviction that, you know, Buddy still believes he can win that battle, and I have, you know, great, great apprehension about that And because I just don't want Buddy to beat his head against the wall because he's such a talented man, you know, and he does so many other good things for kids, but he actually thinks that he can take, you know, drugs and guns off the street. Well, they were telling me in, in this little lunch break, and the, the, the opportunity for me to get together was to try to, you know, stop as much drugs, you know, as we can from our position and also find a formula in which, because of the information we're gathering about farmhouses and sales of guns and straw purchase and things like this, see how we can, you know, combine all our efforts to help. You know, we just not hand them over to the police and to the attorney general and et cetera. So we just had a fabulous conversation. And then there's actually a chaplain center you know, pretty much across the street from Rock Ministries. And they're averaging about 100 people a week, sending them either, sending them someplace to help them with drug addiction, okay, trying to get them from selling uh, drugs or having some role in illegal distribution or, or, or whatever illegal that they can. And there's, there's a lot of gun issues there. So these are former former tradespeople who basically, you know, have committed themselves to the community as well as committed themselves to their faith and their God. And uh, it was just amazing. It was a great lunch. And I had Brian Addis and Jack O'Neill with me. Now, Brian's one of the business agents, the new business agent the Philadelphia Building Trades. So I want to always make sure they're partnered up because we can use each other. I had Jack O'Neill, a guy that ran for district attorney, a guy who loves the law, okay, who's as frustrated as anyone, you know, with the gun issues we have. And we were sitting there and just talking to these guys. We had the chaplain of the FOP. You know, FOP is not a bad label. Everybody has some bad people, okay? The majority of the people there, you know, actually want to do the right thing. So we were talking to the chaplain. He was just saying how difficult it is, you know, to be a chaplain of the FOP between the, you know, the people who don't know how far they can do their job but the fact that their jobs become so difficult. But we're just trying to help. And when you get an organization like Ceasefire and you get people leading it, like, like our guest tonight, it's just a good moment. So I just want to give them the opportunity to tell us a little bit about what's going on and let them know what we can do from contributions to, you know, just, you know, physically with our town watches, et cetera. 
Adam Garber, let's welcome you into the John Doherty Hour, and we thank you very much for uh, joining John, J-Doc, and myself, and the Philadelphia region here on The Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPH Thanks for having me. It's really great to be with everyone tonight. Adam, tell us, come on, tell us what we can be doing. Tell us some of the successes you're having. People think that it's a, a winless battle. It's not. You know, you guys have been there for, you know, uh, Joe Grace is a good friend of all of ours. Joe had, you know, he's been, you know, screaming at us for years that we should be doing more. <laughs> Frank Keel's obviously a big friend of yourself and Joe's. Frank's always trying to get us to, you know, to see whatever we can do. I, I know we can, we can help you by electing people who think like we do, and we try hard at that. I know we can convince our members, you know, that they got, they got to understand that, you know, there's a difference between hunting and shooting a kid on the weekend. Okay, we get it. And just help us. Tell us yeah. what we should be doing, buddy. Let's, let's get real. Let's not – this isn't one of them shows where you get in and at the end of the day you, you send your email address and hope people do something. Tell us the heck what we should be doing. Okay, just speak to us. Well, right I think – yeah, I mean, I think the frustrating piece is that, you know, the state legislature continue to ignore the problem here in Philadelphia and around the state when it comes to gun violence. But to give a little bit of hope in what we can do right now, um, the city actually passed a massive anti-violence budget um, back in June, uh, led by city council and Mayor Kinney. And we're now looking at how do we get it implemented? And it is a new way to really tackle this problem because, Look, ultimately, we've got to deal with the guns that are coming into the communities, the illegal firearms that are being used to shoot folks, the um, weapons that aren't stored safely that then have a kid shooting their friends. But that's going to take Harrisburg to act, and that's going to take better elected officials there, and I know y'all are working on that. In the meantime, um, we're looking at how do you fund programs that have been shown to intervene in the violence and support the underlying causes that prevent the violence before it even happens. And those kind of programs have cut it by up to 50% in other cities. So it's, it's kind of a key moment here in Philly where we've never taken this turn and never put this kind of resources together. And so what we're looking at is how do we push the city to move really quickly and in targeted strategic ways to implement those programs. And that's what we need to do right now. Um, and so I'll give you an example that, you know, I'll just give you a quick example that kind of might feed into the work y'all do. One of the big ways we can do this is through workforce development. We've actually seen when you target workforce development programs that teach people, you know, whether they're apprentice programs, labor skills, place them in jobs, and you pair them in targeted ways to people most at risk of violence and give them cognitive therapy and support systems. Um, those programs have cut violence in huge ways in places like San Jose and Chicago. And so what we're hoping to do is expand similar programs right here in Philadelphia. So, so Adam, um, one of the things that's interesting is I had uh, uh, community leader Daryl Shore on, on, on one of my broadcasts. And we were talking about, you know, why is it, so, you know, why has it gotten to this point, especially obviously in Philadelphia? And typically speaking, the first thing you think of is gang violence, okay? But what is going on at this point? Of course, it includes gang violence. But these, uh, the, uh, the, this gun violence is, is far exceeding it. I mean, we were hearing, uh, you know, you know yeah. we're, we, were, we were hearing reasons like fighting over, uh, you know, a social media uh, argument and that, that turned into gun violence. 
Um, and then, and then I've done shows with 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 um, some of our clergy, our black clergy in the city of Philadelphia, talking about gun control and and doing those things. And 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 one of the things that the that the that the black clergy uh, said to me, the pastor said to me, was the guns that are committing these crimes are not the legal guns. So talk about that, and, yeah. and because drugs are illegal. Okay, but peop- but the bad guys get them. So it's a big problem. Where yeah. do we start? Where do we start? Yeah, well, I think what we're seeing right now, it's exactly right. We're not just seeing like gang violence or criminal violence. What we're seeing is, I don't know about you, but the last year has been pretty stressful on all of us and everyone has shorter fuses. And what we've seen is the fights on social media. Literally, people will track feuds on Instagram and, you know, those sort of places where I don't spend a lot of my time, honestly, and they'll track them and then two people will meet up and the one will shoot the other. And so we are seeing this youth violence kind of spill out in these moments of tension. And it's really hard to get a handle on because it happens so quickly, which is why, you know, two things are critical. One is those community support systems, but the other is just getting the illegal firearms out of the way because everyone is almost carrying one these days and they're so easy to get your hands on. Um, and one of the biggest problems we're actually having right now is ghost guns in the city, um, which is one form. There, there's two big places that we're having problems here in Philly. One is ghost guns. The police have recovered more and more of these weapons, which you can make at home in under an hour. You buy the parts basically 80% created, and anyone can almost, you know, without even high-level technical skills like a lot of the laborers have, right, can put them together in their homes and use them and they don't have serial numbers, they're not tracked, you don't have to get a background check for them. And there's actually a comment period ending next week from the Biden administration that would help treat these ghost guns like firearms. So, you know, for folks that are listening, they should definitely be weighing in on the ATF comment period to push for treating these ghost guns like any other guns. And then the other big source of them are what we call law. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me, listen, now, here's where it drives me insane, okay? I get that we know where gun houses are, and I hear it all the time. I hear from friends yeah. in the political world. I hear from uh, police officers. I hear from, you know, elected legal officials that, you know, less than but two and a half years ago, we had one or two guys with a gun in a house tie up the city for about six hours, shooting out the window with, you know, tons of police officers. So I get you know, rushing a house where people might be selling guns or things like that could be a little bit of a problem. You know, they don't want to, they think they can get that on without, you know, the mass of taking them out. I believe I would love to see people just go in and take some of these houses out. But that is a complicated situation that, you know, as we saw, like I said, two years ago, one or two guys, you know, in a house shooting out. Where I mean, they had the city tied up yeah. for hours. Okay. But these ghost guns. Okay. Like, I mean, who the hell? I mean, who should have a ghost gun? Like, I mean, they just get treated like regular guns. All you got to do, you got to get it. But listen, I mean, I don't know a Democratic, Republican, an independent, any human being that wouldn't want to pass a piece of legislation to take a ghost gun off the street that's used for nothing good. I don't don't know anybody. I I mean, in Philadelphia, you should go to jail for like five years if you got a ghost gun. Okay, we'll squeeze the same thousand people in the same one cell. Who cares? Just lock them out. up. You know, I mean, I, I guess actually it makes me chuckle. Like, we haven't become that. Listen, we are, we're, I don't know any Democrat that is that far to the left. 
or any Republican that is so conservative that we don't want to take ghost guns off the street. Like, that's one issue should be our main issue. Let's just get rid of ghost guns. And I, I understand the Biden administration. I understand Josh Shapiro. I understand Mayor Kenny. I understand all these guys have been talking about it. Well, let's just pass some common sense, you know, legislation that says that if you get caught with a ghost gun, you sell a piece that becomes a ghost gun, you know, you have anything to do with ghost guns on social media, you go to jail. What's too difficult about that? Adam, I'll give you last word I mean, in this that, segment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is common sense, but unfortunately, I'll just say we've got legislators in Harrisburg who not only refuse to pass ghost gun laws, they won't even let Philly pass its own. There's, some of them are trying to sue the city for trying to protect the residents here from this violence. And so we've got to get some better people in Harrisburg and um, we've got to push for more policies because these things are really destroying a city I think we all love. Adam Garber joining us. The Republicans I know, you know, around here, uh, they, should be, they should be online with your line of thinking. I mean, the nit was like Darrell Metcalf. You can't help him. I mean, that, that guy is, comes from Mars. Yes. I mean, he's not, he shouldn't even be in office. You know, he should be, you know, God forbid, I don't even tell you what he should be doing. Okay? But it's ridiculous. Ghost guns, that's my new thing. Thank you for coming on the show because I didn't realize that, like, everybody's just putting these guns together on Saturday night and they're going out and use them. I heard about it. I didn't realize that you just get one that easy. I can't get a pack of football cards or baseball cards today. Okay? But you can buy a ghost gun. Ridiculous. What's wrong with this picture? Adam Garber from Ceasefire PA. Adam, thanks for joining the John Doherty Hour here on a Saturday night. Um, appreciate it. Well done, well stated. Uh, good message. Continue the fight. Uh, you've got the voice box here, and, of course, you have John Doherty in your corner. Uh, appreciate it, sir. Thank you, and thanks for all you are doing. All right, good stuff from Adam Garber. Uh, great segment from John Doherty. Uh, we'll pause, take a commercial break. Gary Messino on the other side. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on a Saturday night. Special thanks to Adam Garber of Ceasefire PA, John, I've uh, I've got to be honest with you. I've never heard the term ghost guns uh, before. I listened to uh, listen to your show tonight. I've never I didn't I didn't even know that that existed. Um, it's it's crazy. I I agree, and it's funny. Like I said, uh, you know, I I talk to people every week. You know about obviously building. Okay, but, you know, a city that's not safe, people don't have as much interest in the building high-rises, okay, in, as they do that's one that's safe. So for me, the crime issue is not only being a lifelong, you know, resident of Philadelphia, you know, with all my family, okay, but also as the head of the Philadelphia building trades. And the ghost gun conversation just drives me off the planet, man. It is just absolutely insane. And again, I talked to Jack O'Neill about it. We had all the chaplains out the other day talking about. And again, that's the type of gun that they see. And they see people selling that type of product. I mean, you should be taken right away for that. Them things are, are not put to use for anything good. 
mean, the creator of that had evil in his mind when he was creating the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you, you know, have look, to register. Guys that enjoy hunting, you know. You have to register it? No. Like, in other no. words, you... No, you're not registering a ghost gun. That's the point. I mean, that's what's so... That's what's so... That's what's so crazy. I mean, I, I wanted... John, I wanted to push back on you when you said that you didn't want Buddy Osborne to bang his head off the wall because, man, if there's a guy that I think could always get it done it's him but then not knowing the full scope of the conversation something has to be done outside of what buddy can do or to assist what he's trying to get done i mean it is just buddy buddy has a lot of a lot of issues down there buddy could spend all day okay cleaning up needles Clean it up the neighborhood, saying, you know, prayers and having prayer sessions where people come in trying to change their life. Okay, helping people get the benefits and health care they need, taking them from cardboard boxes under the L to hospitals and, and uh, acute care centers. Okay, Buddy, Buddy wrestles with people to take guns out of their hands, and all his guys, all his chaplains are people that have had some rough experiences. There was nobody at that table this week that had a golden spoon in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And what I meant by that was that Buddy already works 20 hours a day. Okay? And I just want to, and I, you know, it just, it's just a never-ending problem. And nobody talks about it. It's been ongoing. It's just, like, understood. I mean, you talk about, I mean, they had national TV shows. It's one of the, it's one of the major drug capitals of the country in a five or six square block. I mean, can, right, right, exactly. You can go on YouTube and you can, and you could uh, YouTube it. And it's actually, I remember I worked on the Frankfurt L down, uh, you know, for, for two years at night. Okay. And uh, it, in, in, we, we started on um, Frankfurt Avenue, went up Kensington Avenue down front street was, and, and it was, you know, it was, a wild kind of crazy uh, environment, but I can tell you this: and we were we were kind of we were improving it. I mean, we were, were refurbishing the L. It was going really well. I seen a YouTube video recently down there at K and A, uh, and we have a lot of family. I think a lot of my wife's family is from from that part. A lot of rich history in the city down there. Uh, it looks like a war zone of epic proportions, and the fact that Buddy is on the front lines um, is and the work that he does is incredible. Um, but uh, it was unrecognizable to me just at K&A itself, uh, right outside of Kellis's bar. That's right at K&A, and it is the front lines, and people are shooting up right there. It is, I mean, right there. Walk. It, uh, you, there's so it's valiant that 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 Buddy is 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 and his crew are doing everything they can to impact it, but they're also saving lives uh, of anybody who uh, wants to walk into his facility. The, the gun issue, John, what, what, one of the, the crazy things about it is an, an automatic. I mean, when you look at the statistics every day, literally every day, every other day with two, three, four, um, you would think you would think it was, you know, stereotypically gang violence. I'm sure, like I said before, and, 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 and 
like Adam said, yeah, of course there's some there, but the, you know these are people just settling disputes, kids settling disputes. Uh, there's no fair one. It's not a you know like a, you know social media spat. It's it's and next thing you know, it's going into a birthday party. I mean, there's John. It's such a complex party. I, the ghost guns, obviously, one thing. Um, the laws, you know, are people, you know, are we too lenient anymore? You know, it, it's, it's, and, and one of the things the building trades does so incredibly is give second chances to people, especially in the areas uh, and, and, and drug prevention and all those things addressing these problems. Where do we go, John? Where, where, where do we go with the gun issue? Because it seems to be so complex. Well, let me, one of the reasons why, our good friend Frank Keel tracked down our friends from Ceasefire was because we've been talking about that. We stopped down under the other week, okay? And we do it every, you know, month or two. You know, we try to help. There's a tremendous amount of drug paraphernalia down there and, and drug addicts, okay? But we try to help Buddy with whatever he needs. Buddy tells us. So this week it might be helping young mothers that have kids that are now living in one of Buddy's, you know, facilities. So we drop off, you know, baby lotions and diapers. And, and today was one of them. We sent down a group of young kids. They came back. They could not believe. We have video of people just shooting up right behind the wall. And the, you know what was even worse than that? On one corner, you had somebody selling clean needles, advertising. Hey, I got clean needles here. Incredible. Three dollar, right? On the other corner, you got somebody telling people how to, you know, build a gun. Now, a paper gun. And the gun we were talking about, the ghost guns. Now, think about this. And by the way, it's 10 of 8 on Saturday night. At 8 o'clock when this show ends, we got in a car and jumped in the car and drove down there. Everything I'm telling you today on air would be going on. If we got in the car 10 of 8 Monday morning, everything I'm talking about would still be going. There's no time clock down there. There's no parameters down there. Okay. And now think about it. If you're a woman selling your body, uh, a man selling clean needles, a guy in a car selling how to put a gun together. Now, tell me what anybody under that L needs a gun for, except evil. And that person who is selling them should go away forever. Not like two weeks, not six weeks. You know, labor leaders have to spend tons of money to defend themselves from taking family members out to eat dinner. Guys who sell gun kits under the yell to people who are on drugs, career drug addicts, probably with not much of a future left. We worry about elected officials holding up legislation. Just lock them up. Throw them away. I mean, too many people are getting shot. Too many people are you know, running through these neighborhoods and taking advantage of people. You know, so it's just an ugly time down there. And that's why what everybody Osborne needs, he gets. And that's why people say, I tell people all the time, and I was honored and I wish I could have had all the chaplains. You know, hey, look, you know, they don't feel like what we do. You know, we stood up in the middle of a center city restaurant and they wanted to pray. You know what I did when they said, you want to stand up? I stood up. You know what I did when they prayed? I prayed with them. You know why? These guys don't have to be there. Okay, they're not getting paid to be there. And they're taking 100 people a week. 
anybody who's lost a kid to drugs, anybody who's had a, somebody shot, okay, with an illegal gun, there's people out there. I know 16 of them that give their life for no money each day. 100 people are averaging from that little chaplain center under the L. So when I make light of and I joke and I, you know how I describe, buddy, every chance I get, I say, hey, look, I spent most of my life following a guy who walks on water, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the rest of my life, I'm going to follow a guy, you know, who floats under the L and thinks he can win. You know, so he's just a good guy and people like him we need because there's not enough ceasefires, there's not, a rock, not enough rock ministries, there's not enough people out there that care. And look, if you're, look, you know, we're a majority of our guys, what works good, we're working good, we're hard. The same side they are, down the shore, things like that. But like I said, at 8 o'clock tonight, 10 of 8 tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on day, we're going to be people selling guns, selling clean needles, selling their body, doing drugs, and it's expanding, and it's going all through Philadelphia. And it, it's become something that we have a commitment to do. Yes, what, and Joe, you started off on that, and we could have talked about this for a long time. You know, I'm, I'm, it gets me frustrated because, you know, I'm down there. You know, most people avoid going down there, but it's getting bigger. We don't see that in the headlines. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Needle, you know, Park. A- Needle, Needle Park, okay, it's a, it's a city-owned property. I actually called the mayor myself and said, hey, listen, you know, I don't even know who the council person is. I think it's Maria Quinones. It's, 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 it, it was a mess. Then I said, buddy comes to me and said, hey, let's park her up and clean it up. Let's send a message that we're going to chase it out. You know, it's not okay, okay, to, like, just sit there. And, and again, the, the message I sent to the mayor when I was down there was, this just ain't staying on video. This is getting so big that people are capitalized. They're making so much money, okay? And at a serious, what do you, you don't think that people are giving away these drugs. You don't think they're giving away these guns. So to come up with the money to do that, you've got to take it from someplace. And that's where a lot of our crime. And again, jobs, great. The hospitality industry, 80,000 jobs, only 25,000 are back as of now. Okay? That means we still got 55,000 jobs. We can put people back to work. And don't think, another 55,000 people are rich. Then bartenders, barmaids, chambermaids, you know, I mean, all the people that were working at the center, all the people that were around the center in stores and restaurants and writing terminals. Okay, now, everybody says there's a shortage of workers. Okay, I'd like to see the hospitality industry need a shortage of workers. I know of thousands that still need to go back. So we also have to pay attention to that. And... We, and we can't let the city get out of hand because part of the attraction was the emerging cleanliness of the city of Philadelphia, the emerging restaurant world, okay, the labor roles that were so flexible, the, the art, you know, the arts, the, the Kimball Center, the Barnes, all these things that we have. we got to get back to showcasing them. The headlines have to be Barnes decides to bill again. Eighth and Market comes up with some big economic engine. It can't be eight kids got shot. You know, and that seems to be the headlines. And, you know, I blame our media. You know, our media goes for the moment, you know, and there's really not a paper in town that, you know, that people look forward to, you know. And, and like, I, I, I'm, I had heard it the other day. Somebody told me that, you know, me, myself, I didn't go anywhere for years without a daily news rolled up in my back pocket. OK, 
okay, so I was joking with the kids. I've been visiting. I, 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 was, I was laughing with them. There's about six apprentices with the New York Post wrap, uh, wrapped up in their back pocket. We need, we need people to start talking about how good Philly is and how good you know, places can be. And we need people to help. And, again, that's just why this show. The show ain't just saying about jobs. Hey, the, uh, we, we talk about East Market Street and hospitality. You know, uh, Rosalind called me from the hotel workers to say that, hey, the IBW-funded economic development project, the, the, the hotel at 12th Street, the old Stevens Rod building, I think it's a Hilton, they voted to go union. Well, I wasn't surprised at that. Union pension money to build it. Their management ain't going to fight that. I mean, that's good news. Let's talk about that. People are going to help in an industry in a beautiful new hotel and get paid wages and standards and actually have health care associated with that industry. That's a good, that's a good story. John, is there, is, there a, is there a think tank? I mean, it's unbelievable. Two and a half minutes. It's yeah. unbelievable that our, you know, n- number one labor leader, uh, you know, in the region is having this conversation. We're talking about ghost guns. We've never heard about them. This is a labor show. Is there a think tank that leaders like yourself and city officials and all, can? Is it? Does it exist in regards to solutions? Uh, I think that I think that our uh, our labor movement, our Philadelphia building trades, is deeper. I, I hope we're going to even get a pop of Gary to see it real quick because Gary's a guy that look we're, we're like any family. We don't always get along. We wrestle. Okay, here's a guy that absolutely you know pushes the social agenda. You know, we we talked this week. I'll give you two. I'll give you two Gary Messina pieces. We had a pretty complicated conversation this week about vaccinations. He called me, tracking me down because we wanted to discuss it. You know, the mandatory vaccinations, the voluntary vaccinations, the social uh, separation, all these things. And on the other hand, people don't know that Gary's people are the people that are in checking the air and making sure that these schools are clean. You know, we talk about Ryan Boyer. I hear there's going to be a, a big spread this week on Ryan Boyer. I had some comments in the story. I told people Ryan Boyer does. Somebody said he wants to be the head of Billy. I think he want to be the head of Billy Trades. That would be too low a level for him right now. That guy should be a governor someday. Not an African-American governor, a governor for all people. He's that good. You heard me talk about, I watched Jimmy Snell and John Blair, and I watched them navigate the White House and their membership. Right? So any elected official from this mayor who has an open ear to the labor community, they should, any elected official should be up at the Philadelphia Buildings rates discussing it because we got some of the smartest guys around. Most of them live in the city, if not all, or a majority of them, okay? Most of them have, have invest in the city, volunteer in the city, socialize in the city, okay, employ the city. You know, I, I don't say it. I don't, even, I don't even get upset anymore over it. Well, people say, well, can you tell me uh, what you're doing to create jobs? The Philadelphia Building Trades have put more poor people, more city people, more people to color to work in the last five years than almost everybody else together. Okay? New jobs, re-entry jobs, helmets to hard hats. You take it. Look, I, I got 16, 17 kids that I see on a regular basis that wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the Philadelphia Building Trades. And we got to get, if we didn't get Gary Messina today, we got to get him on because I, he has a different twist. And, and then we got to get Snelly back and catch up with him. And, of course, Ryan, Wayne, John Bland, Stevie Pettit, Dennis Pagliotti, all these Sam Stadens, you know, all these guys. Okay, that make up the Philadelphia building trades. We'll bring them all on. uh, 
We'll bring them all on uh, Saturday night, September 11th, for our two-hour special here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. That's going to do it for this edition of the John Doherty Hour. If you missed any of it, listen to it. On behalf of John Doherty, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter.